Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic and nerd destination, where you can see me probably crying in a corner and with generous support from listeners like you. To learn how you can support other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Flame On. This is our microsode deep dive into the Netflix series Luke Cage. My name is Pat. I'm going to be facilitating this conversation. Is that because Brian's wasted? A little bit. I'm not wasted. (laughs) We're getting wrecked, son. You've never seen me wrecked. No, I'm not. This is wrecked. (sighs) I bet a bunch of those people at that conference you went to saw you get wrecked in that sling. Oh my. What? I didn't go to Frolicon. Anywho. It wasn't a sling. Mm-hmm. It was like a so, sushi table. <laughs> back on track, boys. So I am Pat. I'm your talking bearskin rug and producer of Flame On. And I am here with Brian. Hello. Oral. That's me. And BJ. Hi. Marvel released their third Netflix series. We've had Daredevil, we've had Jessica Jones. And now Luke Cage. Not saying this is the third season. It's the third series. Because uh, Daredevil had two seasons. And uh, now we're getting ready to go into Iron Fist and the Defenders after this. This is the story of how my life got flipped, turned upside down. Oh, <laughs> this is the story of Luke Cage. He was introduced to Jessica Jones. He mm. went to prison, was experimented on, and came out nigh invulnerable. As Power Man. And we get his backstory here. Because in his introduction to Jessica Jones, he's already established himself in his world and with what he is doing in life. So, Oral, we'll start with you. Is it because I'm black? Yep. Exactly. Yes. Damn straight. Um, what did you think of the show and its, uh, and its mark in... 
pop culture in 2016. I think it left an indelible mark on pop culture. It was um, something that everyone was talking about, whether you specifically like watch the Marvel Netflix series. I, I think that Jessica Jones was my favorite up until this point uh, because there's so much of Luke Cage that resonates with me, not just because you know, it's black. It's like, and I'm not like a, like a, a hip hop person, mm-hmm. but like I do love like jazz. I do love that sort of like cotton club field. And that's, you know, a lot of Luke Cage took place out of um, Harlem's Paradise, this club that, that gives you new cotton field, uh, um, cotton club feel. It's, it was gorgeous. It was great to see people who look like me everywhere. Um, my favorite thing was people saying, well, you know, it feels like it's just, you know, going out of its way to be like, just only talk to, you know, the African-American community. Somebody told me that. And I'm like, it takes place in Harlem. That was the nicest way that it was described by most people because Mm -hmm. it did receive quote unquote Twitter backlash that it was too black. And in Harlem. In Harlem. Mm-hmm. In Harlem of all places. But that's that that definitely was a huge thing. And it did speak a lot through music. Mm-hmm. Music set the tone through the entire show, from the beginning all the way through to the end. I I don't listen to soundtracks that often, but I listen to the Luke Cage soundtrack all the time. Like it's just it speaks to me on multiple levels. I thought it worked incredibly well with the series, um, the cinematography. Um, there, like, there's just so many people who who contributed to it. It just it it makes sense giving you that sort of like '70s exploits uh, exploitation feel, but doing it in this really smart and modern way. Uh, because I wrote a review about uh, Jenny Tarkovsky's cage which takes place in in 1970s new york yeah and it it gives you it gives you exploitation but it feels it feels uncomfortable because you know it's it's sort of this like mush mouth oh please never throw me into that briar patch sort of feel which you know like go for it because that's what you want to do but but you can do exploitation in a smart way. And that's what Luke Cage does in spades. And it still, it, it harkens back to this like sort of real, you know, mass incarceration, running from your past when you've been wrong, uh, wrongfully convicted, but knowing that you still have uh, sins to atone for. The whole like background where like his father was a preacher and they, they didn't get along and like all of that, all of that works for me completely. <laughs> Especially that final battle, like I've I've seen that. I I lived in New York for summers, you know, visiting family. I've seen that. Kick his ass, Luke. Like I, oh, I, I lost it there. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely rings true. And was black exploitation used basically turned on its head and used mm-hmm. to put out a positive message at the core of it versus doing it to kind of appease the white community it, in a sense it's one of those things where it's it's there's a thin line between homage and parody yeah 
And they and, and so many times I see it done where it's like, all right, all right, you can you can move a little bit back to the right side of this line. You can you you can dip a little bit, but I need you to move. And they spend the whole time and it like even I think one of the things I liked the most about it was the uh, the the black literature references mm-hmm. were like everywhere. Absolutely, that and like they don't shy away from what's going on like in current society where like black people or black, just brown people in general are being gunned down in the streets, but it's okay because they're cops because Black Lives Matter is is a quote unquote like antagonistic violent movement, and sometimes movements have to be violent. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know what? Shout out to them showing Spanish Harlem because Spanish Harlem is a part of Harlem too. God damn it. <laughs> that is very true. Brian, what was your take on? You've done so well in the past couple of months, Brian. Don't fuck this up for us. <laughs> I like the music. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seriously, though, this is Luke Cage's Superman. And that is important because I realize that with my privilege, Superman to me has always been very self-identifying. Like, oh, he's a white guy, he's Superman, all great. This is Luke Cage. Luke Cage is Superman. Like, I never appreciated what that means until I saw it. And then culturally, musically being in that community like not only am I not that's not that's not my thing that's not my normal thing but I really 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 enjoyed it and I felt like this is this is cool this is this is interesting this is a very valid thing in this community and I'm so happy this exists I'm thrilled that Marvel made this their fourth third fourth fourth produced season of Netflix television third series for Luke Cage a character that I never, I never really identified with, somewhat obviously, but I never really thought that much of as an important thing. And now I really get it, and I really understand it. And I thought, by the end of the series, I'm like, this is huge. This is important. This is good. This is earned. This is the okay. The Method Man scene in <laughs> the the little uh, the bodega. The bodega that was huge, and people are like, oh, that's just one of those things. No, that's important. That's that's a cultural recognition thing there right there. And that was really cool. I was I we watched this whole most of this series Pat and I watched in New York in Long Island right before New York Comic Con and, and a little bit after. And like this was like it was really cool for me to be in that vicinity of Harlem. And and I even said I'm like, "Oh my god, I want to go to Harlem. I want to go to these places. I want to see this." Like this is this is so so cool that it's like like located in this area that we're near, and then this is a huge cultural touchstone for the Marvel universe for people. Like this is I, I was so in love with that idea. The only things that I didn't love well, before we get into the, okay. the negatives, let's okay, let's yeah. continue on with um, with the the story and and the the gripping nature of it within a culture that needs it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a huge part of why this was extremely positive was you're taking a character created in in the 70s that was this caricature this exploitive look Mm -hmm. at black culture you know with his fro and his big puffy collar open open shirt Mm -hmm. and his you know 
headband. <laughs> the headband. The tiara. The, it, it, yeah, really was a tiara. Um, and you're finally, you're taking him and you are humanizing him into an actual real person as opposed to this stereotypical caricature. Um, BJ, what was your takeaway from the show? So this show, this this show didn't just hit me where it hurts. It like sent a train through it. It like get a little personal. My dad's a preacher, and he was not always the most reputable person. So that like there was that part of the storyline that just really hit home. Um, actually, uh, more than Luke Cage, Cottonmouth. Really? Cotton. Oh my gosh. Cotton. Cotton. Sorry if I butchered that. (laughs) I'm glad you said it because I probably would have done it worse. I I practiced it in like front of a mirror for like four. And he was in Moonlight recently, right? Yeah. 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 Which I haven't seen yet, and I want to. I heard good good things about it. The whole idea of there, there was like like the that whole idea of not just uh, because a lot of a lot of the Netflix series kind of concentrate on like organized crime and everything, Mm -hmm. but the idea of family. And how you have family, especially in in the black community for a lot of people, family, there is just this idea that you are doing this when you grow up. I don't care if you're like amazing at writing music. I don't care if you're good at sports. I don't care about – no, no. You will take over the family business. You will do this thing even if deep down you don't want to do it and you self-sabotage yourself. And like that just – went straight home with me with Cottonmouth and Mariah and just kind of their whole yep oh god loved her um but yeah that whole idea of like you have a responsibility to the community you have a responsibility to family and I don't care if it's ugly I don't care if it's beautiful you will have you will have this obligation and that that really that grabbed me so tight that I'm like I am finishing this at work on the treadmill i am going to finish this at the stoplight i i have to watch this whole thing play out and it it, it i i loved it and it really grabbed me in a way that i did not expect yeah it, it definitely it, it reached into different aspects that other series have not been able to touch on which was great which is what was needed perfect um so obviously our main character is luke cage and then your main antagonist at the start of the sh- of the series is Cottonmouth, and you see the tenuous relationship between him and his cousin Mariah, because his dealings aren't always on the up and up, and she is a city councilwoman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and has to and has dealings with him one because they're family and two because. Her end games aren't always the same as what her political goals have to be. Um, and it shows that bond between them as family. And as you were saying, that this is what their goal was going to be no matter what. This is what they were basically predestined by their family to yeah. become. Like they were raised, they were raised to do it whether they hated it or not. You got the feeling both of them absolutely hated these roles that they were just thrown into to the point where she's just screaming at a photo of the woman that raised her and you're just like but and that's that's the stuff that i love it it because like i my family is a matriarchal family Mm -hmm. and you know 
black women, older black women have an incredible amount of power in those in those dynamics. And and seeing her, you know, we and we've seen that character before, like in um the get down with Bad Annie. Yep. Like the same thing. You run numbers, that scene where she's, you know, talking to Cornell and Mariah and um oh, their uncle. The their uncle. Oh. Joseph. Uh, I think so. I and, think you know, he's like, hey, take him downstairs, do what you need to do, and, you know, keep it down. I got white folks in the uh, in the other room. like, And I have them scared. Yeah, I can't, I can't get off the white folks in the other room. I lost it because that's the sort of mentality. And not in that, like, exact instance, but, but knowing that that sort of culture and, and, and being a part of that culture where – you know, nothing's perfect, but, you know, family comes first and there's no way you can turn away from them because mm-hmm. that's how you're, you're conditioned. But that's how you survive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it's not that they're mad because they have to do it. They're mad because they know if they don't stand together, everyone else is going to tear them apart. Mm-hmm. And seeing, you know, Mariah, who is my favorite, like, villain that we've seen in the, the Netflix Marvel series. Um, seeing her develop, a, uh, like, this sort of weird rapport with Shade, who is oh. so dreamy. Oh, that's, uh... I just... Oh. Uh, that's, uh, Theo Rossi. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Shade. Right there with you. <laughs> and he is one of your major supporting characters, verging on main character. He has a very interesting dynamic because he plays support, but has such a presence that he is a major player throughout the course of the, the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and also, he's also the only link. He's, he's one of, like, two links to, well, three um to uh luke cage's past yeah yeah and and that's there's those characters involved that connect his past that connect the characters together mm-hmm. Which, be, yeah, because if you don't human element exactly squabbles oh squabbles <laughs> oh. you're like that uncle that everybody had where we found out we weren't really related you just your parents grew up together and I that's your uncle so many of them Oh, I'm West Indian. Everybody's your auntie and uncle. Right. Mm. I'm Puerto Rican. It's the same with yeah. us. I'm Pat. <laughs> I'm Pat. I've, I've known I'm Pat all my life. I'm just like, I remember one day, mom, y'all not related. <laughs> Candace ain't your real cousin, but y'all cousins. I'm like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and then, and, and, and then it's funny because like, since I identify with Cottonmouth so much, when like Diamondback literally just kind of exploded into there and was just like, hey, what's up? Um, you know, with because my father's a preacher and my father has fucked up royally more than a couple times. Like that whole look of you have Luke Cage, who legit tries he tries to do the right thing, but at the same time he's just like, I want to just be left alone at the start of the series. Actually, when you meet him in uh, Jessica Jones, and then you have Diamondback, who is just like off the rails. And I'm just like, yep, that's the other that's the other way I could have gone. I mean, <laughs> like, this this is the only thing about Diamondback. When he was introduced in the show, I was like, wait, is this like a small thing? Is this a big thing? Because they didn't call him Diamondback. He wasn't Diamondback yet. Yep. 
and you didn't realize until like the end of like the second episode that he was there you're like oh he's that guy like he's this thing like i didn't i didn't appreciate that i didn't it didn't that didn't relate to me but it was also it was interesting like i i i like that he comes out of the luke cage sort of tapestry organically like it's not like a, a thing from outside it's it's his own problem. It's his own family. It's mm. it's it's that thing. It's it's the other it's the other side of that it's yeah. the other side of that pendulum. No, absolutely. And that was interesting, but I I don't know that when they were introduced him that that was clear and it doesn't have to be, yeah. but it was certainly kind of out of like, whoa, what is this guy? Who is well, this guy? They they bring in Diamond back about two thirds of the way into the season. He's mentioned. He's mentioned because yeah. he uh, Shades works for him. Yep. He's he's Shades' boss, mm-hmm. and he is uh, mentioned by name early on first episode, I believe, yeah. when Shades yeah. goes to Cottonmouth about the the, the arms deal. Exactly, mm-hmm. and it's it, it was a very interesting way for them to go with it. So we're not going to sit here and rehash every episode, no, no, obviously, no. Uh, but. Luke's arc starts with him being the reluctant hero of the of the series. He pops who he works for, knows about his abilities and his gifts, and he doesn't want to put himself out there. He doesn't want the world to know. He doesn't want it to be a thing until it becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. So he gets to a point where he realizes that he has to make this change to protect the people that he cares about, that there isn't a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and a huge moment of that is at Pop's Barbershop when the shop is attacked and they shoot the place up and the bullet ricochets off of him and ends up killing Pop. And he then has to make that decision of... Do I just crawl into a hole or do I take it to the street and be this person that the world needs? And and what's interesting is that um, you have Misty Knight, who I loved in this series, uh, where, you know, she's doing the best she can and she's this, you know, great cop and she she's trying to clean up the streets, but she knows, you know, sometimes her hands are tied and she she. She has this understanding of what is right and what is wrong. And she's not wrong. And yeah. that's what I, I like about it. She she does she takes the information that she has available and she does she follows her moral compass. And and even though we, you know, we're rooting for Luke, we should be rooting for Misty too. Cause she's she's out there in these streets. She grew up, you know, in the in this area. She could have left and she stayed because she knows. The only way things are gonna get better is if I try to do something. Yep. She that was and that wasn't that was one of the things that like half burnt my heart, but half because she's like it seems like like at the later half of the season she is getting like sent through the ringer. Yeah. Because she is like I will do the right thing, and then you know she's got support. She's got peers that are like you don't quite have to do the right thing that much. And she's like, no. And then you've got the whole thing with you're rooting for Luke, but she's like, but he's breaking the law. I have to bring him in. And it's, and it's that whole thing where she has complete faith in the system. And then when her partner 
ends up being dirty. That only and and the sad thing is you get the feeling her partner didn't dislike her. He didn't disagree with her. And like that was the saddest thing is his final his his main his final act essentially screwed her over royally. Of course. And it didn't and then all that time she spent being part of the system, doing what's right, being good at her job, all became a liability. It doesn't no, it doesn't mean anything when the system is stacked against you. Yep. Exactly. Like and that's that's what's so great is that, you know, we need we need a complete overhaul of the system. And that's what Misty represents when she comes to those roadblocks and those impasses. She's like, we gotta do something to change this. And Luke is out here just like, don't trust y'all. I have good reason not to trust y'all. I ain't doing it. And both are valid points. Mm-hmm. And when you can when you can look at it and say, you know, if if I have been victimized, if I have been, you know, wrongfully like harmed, I would call the police. That's what you're supposed to do. But you also know that calling police is a double-edged sword sometimes. And it's just it's it's not saying that all cops are bad. Um, it's not saying that everyone who's out and, and does vigilante justice is is great because Luke makes some mistakes. And mm-hmm. because of those mistakes, people die. But you know, it's it's that's what I love about this series is because nothing is cut and dry. Yeah. Except for people don't deserve to die on the street. Exactly. Yep. And there, it shows that that moral ambiguity, that gray area of both sides. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't vilify and it doesn't make one side or the other the be all and end all and the the right way to do it. Yeah. One of the other things that we've talked about was the music of the show. The Method Man portion of it. Bulletproof Love. The Bulletproof yep. Love set to the visuals mm-hmm. of Luke Cage in a hoodie with bullet holes. It was a, a hugely impactful, complete visual mm-hmm. in a world where you have in a world where you have to have a movement like Black Lives Matter because there is so much fear and distrust and neither side is wrong. Mm-hmm. There the police aren't complete and utter just racist out to kill everyone. And not all black people are thieves and crooks and criminals that need to be, you know, shot on sight. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a visual that I don't think the right people Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
are going to see and are going to take away from it. And that's sad, but it's a hugely reaffirming visual for the people that see it, understand it, and support it. In addition to that, there were quite a few musical artists that appeared on mm-hmm. the show as well. Hey, Evans? Yep. Yep. Girl, where you been? You fell off the map. I thought it was hysterical because one of the things in Cottonmouth's office mm-hmm. is the giant picture of Biggie. Yeah. Yep. And when Faith Evans appeared singing in the club, I was like, wait a minute. That's a, like, wait, wait, what? And it, it was a huge connection to that culture and that Marvel timeline continuity is always so weird to deal with because it is that sliding time scale and mm-hmm. it, it's really hard to pinpoint like what a character would grow up with because you still have Steve Rogers growing up in Nazi, you know, Nazi America or, you know, Nazi Germany, depending on which book you're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this continuity, in this setting, you look at Cottonmouth, you look at Mariah, you look at, at these people when they would be growing up, that's huge. Biggie would have been a huge impact yeah. and influence on Cottonmouth. So to include somebody like Faith Evans is fantastic. Um, but you also have Raphael Sadiq. Oh, yeah. mm, mm, mm. just sure. tore it up. Tore it up. I think all of all of the musicians they had in, the, in that, every music scene in that club... Charles Bradley was another one. Jadena and Roman Gian Arthur. The Delphonics and Adrian Young. I lost it at the Delphonics. Yep. I I'm like, oh shit. That's like that's black royalty. Like that's it. it you know, there is sometimes where you think that p- things are pandering to you, but none of this felt pandering. It's it is for something being like science fiction and, and 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 fantasy, you know, having fantasy elements. It felt so intrinsically authentic, and I think it's that's what's really hard to come across. Like Daredevil, Daredevil is like fantastic in these elements, but I don't expect for you know a moment. That this this law firm is failing, right. where Matt is literally living in this amazing law, <laughs> you know, regardless of what's in front of the building, like it's just it doesn't it doesn't seem real. Jessica Jones kind of seems real to me because you know is this girl who's an alcohol this woman who's an alcoholic? She's got all these demons. She's fighting through them. She's got PTSD. Mm-hmm. Like you know, she's just grasping at. Some sort of like semblance um, of stability and and Trish and Luke, but like Luke Cage, through and through is like, yes, I see that. You know, people live in this building. Like, you know, I'm trying to you know work at night to go to school to make sure my family has a roof over their heads and like a better a better shot. You know, seeing Misty's initials on the basketball court yep. is, a, is a thing. Pat, you know, you've mm-hmm. been to those basketball courts. Yep. Not that one in particular, <laughs> but like... <laughs> well, I've, I've been to that one. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. I just... No, that, it, 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 it grounds it so much in your own reality. Mm-hmm. 
more so than I think they've been able to. And that's one of the huge things is as they keep doing these series, it'll be interesting to see with Iron uh, with Iron Fist, see how they continue to do it. But they're really building and developing this really, really base like desire like that you you I could be here. This is yeah. my world. Mm-hmm. Unlike the bigger MCU, that's very big, grandiose, and, grand and, and yeah, and and feels almost unreal, even though it's still earthly. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel right. like oh, I'm just gonna see Doctor Strange running down the street. I'm mm-hmm. gonna see the Avengers fighting aliens Flying through the air, like yeah. But seeing you know, but seeing how these people interact with the community and other people really, really drives that home. The last person I wanted to mention before we, we move on to another... Is it, is it Claire? Well, yes. in the music aspect. Oh, okay. Um, and honestly, it's it's kind of timely. Is Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Mm-hmm. They were the final performance in there, yep. which I think, to me, was a great way to round out the musical performances in this club, in this the the resurgence of paradise and 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 it it coming paradise back. law yeah. well i mean that yeah you had so you had you had them and then you had like like mariah's transition into the club and her <clears> putting <throat> up the the new painting taking down the biggie painting and putting up the new one with the two the two kings and it, i mean it was masterfully done it 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 really did hit home in in such a profound way, and we just lost Sharon Jones, yeah. who just passed away, who battled through cancer to continue recording, to continue performing. She did not stop. This was not something that was going to be something that was going to hinder her life, and for her to, to record her parts to be out and performing and creating this art was huge. And it's a huge loss to the musical community. Go back that. and listen to her Terry Gross interview on fresh air in the last like three, four months. I mean, it was, it was incredible because she admitted, she's like, yeah, I'm going through chemo. I'm going through pancreatic cancer. And as soon as, as soon as she said that, I'm like, Oh my God, pancreatic cancer is so aggressive and such a, such a challenge. And, she was very alive and very admitting of her of her performance uh, problems because of it. And she was, oh, it was, it was it, I was so sad recently when she's when she I knew she passed because I'm like, oh my god, she's a huge fighter, and I love her music. I love her music. I was so glad that she was a part of this. Hundred percent agree with that. So before we flipped the coin to the other side. Let's talk about Claire, our last supporting character. Oh, who night nurse. I was actually yes. kind of impressed with her use in this series. <laughs> She's been underutilized. I'm not a huge fan of Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. I, I don't love her. Okay. My, I get it, that, yeah. Really, it's, it, it goes back to her playing um, Mimi and Rent in the movie. <laughs> That's why I don't like her. But she... From her opening scene in this series, which she got purse-snatched (laughs) and said, "Uh uh-uh, no no, ma'am, that's not how this is going to work. They found 
a way to elevate her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. BJ, what were your thoughts on Night Nurse? Uh, like, first of all, series? she was called Night Nurse. First of all, it, it fin- the thing happened. The <laughs> thing happened, and I paused it, and I just, I was like, finally. She has been known as Night Nurse. But the thing that really hit a home with her character, because her character is, ever since she found Mad Murdock in that dumpster outside of her apartment, she's just been kind of like, respons- she's been very responsive to things. Like, oh look, this person's injured. Oh look, I can't get into his skin. She's been very responsive. This this actually, for the first time, her character is proactive, especially when she's talking to her mother. And her mother's like, what do you want to do? And she's like, this. I need to help these people. It gave her dimension. It gave her a purpose. Yes. As opposed to just being, oh, somebody's hurt. These people don't have healing powers. Okay, fix them. And you're done. Bye. We'll see you when the next person gets hurt. It it definitely fleshed her out as a three-dimensional character. And And she came in halfway through. Like, she came in right in the middle of this. I believe they introduced her like almost in the middle of the season and she was like had a she was pretty much there almost every episode. Yeah, she she definitely had a much more of a presence and it brought her back to her roots because this is where she's from. And it, it shows that connection to Hell's Kitchen without Hell's Kitchen having to be center stage. Yeah, it's there and it shows you, oh, OK, well these people can interact and 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 be there and be close to each other without it having to be everything has to take place in hell's kitchen and it's that and it's that theme again of home mm-hmm. it's that theme again of your roots when i think of home <laughs> it's it's that it's you know her family's from harlem and she's like she's and you know she lost her job she's like time to go home and reevaluate my shit and oh hey what's up I remember when you when that girl you slept with shot you in the face with a shotgun like you know I I I love that I lo- I love that I love her 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 adaptability as a character mm-hmm. because like from the moment she met Jessica they all they do is like she's like wait he's called Kilgrave she's like why don't they just call him murder murder corpse and they both like uh, uh, you know she's like Matt you're kind of an asshole not gonna sleep with you anymore and you know just kind of no. like. So I, I'm I'm super interested to see where her character's at when Iron Fist comes in because mm-hmm. you know that last two seconds she's like time for martial arts lessons if I'm gonna help these crazy ass superpower people, you know. And which I'm was like, the only part that I felt a little corny. It was like we got a shoehorn making sure she works into this series. It as wasn't well. her looking over encrypted files and figuring out. Oh, you know what? Sea anemones. That's what it is. Sea anemones. <laughs> we're just going. We're gonna break down sea anemones. Like it wasn't sea anemones. I know. <laughs> but still, yeah. It, it. She. She had that magical like that aha moment. This is what it is. This is what they. They. They based it off of. And I. And I did. And I did like when they finally kind of tipped that. You know, because they had about two moments of sci- like very sci-fi elements where they went into like the one bullet that can hurt him. And where they, you know, explain, but they explain like how the bullet works against him. Yeah. And the whole thing where she's like, all right, guess we need to turn up the heat on this shit because it's not working. You know, that whole moment 
of her getting like them getting in contact with the the guy that originally mm-hmm. ran the experiments yeah. and stuff like that. And then the whole thing with him popping up at the end, who's obviously going to turn Diamond back in the tombstone. So. What? No. Yeah. No, Tombstone is. Tombstone's a different character. Oh! Yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware Tombstone's a different character, but I'm 90% sure they're going to make Diamondback Tombstone, seeing as the professor who wanted to do the same experiment. He wanted to replicate the experiment with Luke Cage, and Luke Cage, that they destroyed his files. Yeah, no, so, like, it'll make Diamondback, like, uh, on par with Luke in some capacity. Mm-hmm. No, they're just. They're. They're making it so, like, it's not just Judas Bullet. Yeah. It's like, here's an actual person who can stand up against him without this technology. But, like, I don't think he's turning into Tombstone. Well, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, Brian, what, what was bad th- about it? Nothing. Nope. Racism. <sighs> wow. So. Most so, <laughs> of the card. I will I know say we like that. to use hold it. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I'm trying to run this, like, goddamn pop culture happy hour. We're not just going to die. We're just not going to degrade into things. So, with all great art, there are some drawbacks, and there are some things that, um, in some cases, are fairly critiqued. Not like Twitter saying it's too black, because that's just ridiculous. Um, I know that, Brian, you had some, some qualms with certain aspects, not of the story or the actor's. But there were some things that you felt could have been improved. Well, what were those? <laughs> honestly, I did love it. I really did. But the pacing, there were times where I was like, I wanted more of a Cottonmouth, actually. I thought that arc could have been played out a lot longer. Because anytime you have a musician that is a villain oh, or villainous... Now the truth comes out. I, I'm like... Give me more. I want to see more of this. I don't want to see him just taken out by his his sister. But the Cottonmouth thing, or the the I'm sorry, Diamondback. The Diamondback character is why I felt like it was it was flawed. Not that I don't want to see like the the the, the story of Luke Cage and his his half brother and all that. It's not that. I don't think they earned it. I think if they had introduced that flashback way at the beginning and built up to that. I could see that. I guess or held it off it. to a second season. Or a second season. Because yes. in that vein, I feel like Mariah should have been the big bad yes. of the season. No, she, but no, she, she, she earned is. it. She earned she it. is, she, and she's not. She's they pull subtle. focus away from her. She's still pulling strings, and she's still, at the end of it, she is the one walking away from all of it, yeah. I will use air quotes on victorious because she is still in a position of power at the end of the series this first season she gets off compared to the rest of the people but i think that they're they could have played up a lot more with mariah they could have done they they introduced um they introduced diamondback physically and kind of rushed the story my beef with with the show came in the I walk in this room and now I have a flashback of something I shouldn't know but it will help move the story forward and explain to the audience why Diamondback hates me and make me understand why he hates me it, it was like you stepped into a telepathy cube I don't understand this the, the most earned 
conflict between Luke Cage and Diamondback was when they first met and they were in the theater. They were being the shit out of each other. Wow. That was earned. That Not felt Felicia. very, even though they, you didn't know who the hell this guy was, that felt very raw and like visceral. The scene at the end where they were fighting kind of more equal and Diamondback had his suit and was more in his outfit according to the art and all mm-hmm. that. That didn't feel as earned. That didn't feel as much of a, uh, even though it, it very much was a sense of parody because they had that same sort of superpower. I didn't feel that as much as I felt when they were in the theater. So, like, if you just find a way to introduce his his identity earlier, and you really build up to that, and Cottonmouth is still a big part of it because, again, I think he should be, and Black Mariah and and and, and all that. But you, you make it more earnest. You make it more a part of the, the, the core story. I buy into that a lot more. So, see, I, you know, that's my yeah. problem. And, and see, what I'm hearing, actually, is just you wanted more. Mm-hmm. Like, that's I the would. thing. You wanted, like, maybe a, an extra five episodes and, you know, introducing characters sooner. And boom. It's, you know, it's... So, I mean, uh, honestly, with me, it was... Yeah, I kind of just wanted more. It's a fine-tuning thing. It's not a, yeah, it's this a, is awful. No, I loved it. I was very engaged. I, I mean, Pat, Pat and I watched it in the basement of his parents' house. <laughs> like, because it was just so compelling. We kept watching it and watching it. Where the ghost of all the boys he fooled around with watched you. <laughs> I can't speak to that. There's only one boy I ever fooled around with in that house, and that was my first boyfriend. So. Oh, wow. So awkward. <laughs> No, it was, and it we was, were not even in my my old room. They didn't break that wall. No, <laughs> did they? Either way, it wasn't that. It was just I really enjoyed it. I loved being in a culture that I am not familiar with because that's what I want to know. I want to know other things. I don't want to just be in my same safe space in the theater doing my thing. I don't, I want to I want to have a broader experience. And it was great. It was really really cool. And the music. And the acting and the culture, it was so important to me because I've never appreciated Luke Cage, Power Man, as anything more than a 70s black exploitation thing until now. Because until he, now. Because he wasn't anything else right. until now. Right, absolutely. Even when Bendis made him the cornerstone of the New Avengers, which I loved and I really enjoyed it, it wasn't about that. It was about his relationship with Jessica. And even in Alias, it was his relationship relationship with jessica this was the first time i saw him i actually saw him as what he is he is a black superman and that's huge that's so important i never appreciated that until now and i'm so glad marvel did it that way and i'm so glad it was good because if it had not been good even though there was sort of that black exploitation vibe at times it, it would have been cheapened but it wasn't it was really really and you guys have proven it to me. It was really enjoyable, and I'm so glad it was it was as good as it was. It made me super uncomfortable at times. And that is the only way to broaden your understanding of other people, other difficulties, mm-hmm. other cultures. Exactly. You know, for a show, for a company owned by another major company that is family-friendly to the nth, millionth, nth degree, for them to use the N-word in a show like this, in a way that wasn't 
demeaning. Or in a way that wasn't nonchalant. Yeah, yeah that, that was... had a purpose, had a mm-hmm. reason that you were showing this community and this culture and these real people. And also having the flip side of that. It's like, I don't use that word. Yeah. That's not how you refer to me. Yep. Exactly. I'm that person. That's not how you refer to me. Exactly. And if it doesn't, if you are not a part of that community and you watch the show and you are not uncomfortable, then you're not taking it in. You're not accurately absorbing what you are watching. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what made it for me. Mm -hmm. That's what took it to that next level was that this felt super super real and i think overall it was the show that we needed in this it's the show that we still need as we enter the thunderdome oh you know, I, yeah I, look i always said i wanted to be tim turner and thunderdome, <laughs> now i get the chance i thought that was uh grace um, grace jones grace you're jones. thinking of conan i think of conan wow can i be your master blaster Yes, okay. you can be Master Blaster. Oh, Who runs by the town? <laughs> Master Blaster. But overall, it was definitely a uh, a fantastic show. I think we can all agree on that. We would love to hear our listeners' opinion of the show. We would love to get feedback. If you agreed with us, if you disagreed with us, let us know. Go to our Facebook page. Go to Twitter. Mm-hmm. At PCHH. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let us know. Talk to us about it. We want to hear what you guys had to say, what you guys thought about it. Um, I'm hopeful for Iron Fist. I'm hopeful for The Defenders and to see Misty come back with Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited for where season two of Luke Cage would go. Very excited for season two of Jessica Jones and where that will go. Yep. We will probably not see any of those until after the Defenders from the way that um, it's being talked about right now, which is sad. I would like to see more. um, And and considering there is uh, a lot of talk now about Punisher and his own series and possibly even Ghost Rider going to Netflix, which would be interesting. I don't know if they would take the chance on another Ghost Rider movie just yet, but... Um, the actor playing Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider in S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. is actually being very well done. So if they were to take it and bring it to Netflix, I'd be interested to see see how that goes. With that being said, don't forget you can go to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show and support this and many other nerdy show network programs. In fact, you can totally earmark dollars explicitly for us. And we appreciate that. Not that we don't want you to support the network as a whole, but I mean, come on, guys. But if you if you you enjoy us, us, you love us. Let them know that you want us. You want your dollars to come to us as well. Um, You can check us out online, flameonshow.com. Oral. If people are not getting enough oral in their daily life, you can totally hear me on our sister podcast, which is Drag is the New Spandex, aka All Queens and Me. Um, I am also, it is all queens and me, and you know it is, Brian. <laughs> you know it is. God damn it. Also, I'm on Stupid Popcast. That's stupid with two O's, Popcast with a P. Hey, Joey. I'm with a, yeah. 
or I'm with a bisexual and Jess, who might also be bisexual. I don't want to put labels on her because I don't know. Or you can wholly see all of my Westworld and comic book reviews at SciFiPulse.net. Why? Because .nets are still cool. So with that being said, we thank you guys. This is our last micro of 2016. So I thank you gentlemen for being here with us. I thank Jared and Jeff for a fantastic year of recording. All of our guests that have been with us this year. Stay tuned. Next episode will be a best of, because I love doing those best of episodes, where you'll also get to hear our picks for what gave us life in the year 2016. (laughs) And hopefully it won't be the not life of some of the biggest I'm excited for our our new uh, end of the show, which is, this some old bullshit! (laughs) 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 With that, flame on. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. Flame On was created by Brian Pitter and is engineered by Pat O'Rourke. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programs, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all your favorite social networks. Follow us at Flame On Podcast on Twitter and Flame On Show on Facebook, Tumblr, and all your favorite gay hookup ads. If it's gay and geeky, we've got you covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.